Testing, testing, testing. All right. Okay. All right. I'm going to try here a little while. I don't know. I can't stand too long. I got a bad knee going in for knee surgery the 1st of January. So, uh, but I'll do my best. Otherwise, I may park it back over here. Okay. All right. Before we get started, let's, let's take it to the Lord in prayer. Father God, we just thank you for this time together, Lord, that you've given us, Lord. And, and Lord, I just thank you for the opportunity to preach your word, Lord, and the message that you've put on my heart to give them, Lord. And Lord, uh, we welcome your Holy Spirit into this place. And may we feel your presence mightily here today. Thank you, Lord. And Lord, uh, we just take all the distractions away, all the things that's going on in our life. And, and Lord, just put them aside. Lord, that we just put them aside and we focus on you and you alone today, Lord. And that, Lord, we, we take this message in and, and Lord, we, we, we leave here and, and we take it with us in our walk with you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. And uh, we just praise your name, Lord. It's in Jesus' holy, precious name that I pray. And all of us say, amen. amen. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. Title of my message today is The Privilege of Proclaiming the Gospel. And it kind of goes along with the first song that I sang. You know, people need the Lord. You know, especially in these times that we live in, and especially what's going on in, over in Israel and all around, and you see the, you know, the, the Bible coming to life. And, uh, but you know, time is short. So, but you know, uh, that's probably what my message is about. I'll start, you know, with, with, uh, Acts 1, 8. Okay. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses. Telling people about me everywhere. And Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. That's us. That's us as well. In our communities and in our schools and where we're out working and, and uh, our neighborhoods. You know. But you know, from cover to cover, the Bible proclaims the greatest news of all. The gospel of Jesus Christ. It declares that a repentant sinner can be eternally saved. A guilty person can be set free from sin. An empty person can be filled with the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> and a desperate person can rejoice again. <clears throat> and a sorrowful person can be comforted. And a life, whether short or long, can be meaningful. And a soul can live Forever with Jesus in heaven. Amen. That's the good news of the gospel revealed through the Bible in its entirety. Every Christian is profoundly grateful for the fact that Jesus Christ has decisively dealt with the sin issue. And for the mercy and grace of God that led him to the cross. But don't leave him there. Christianity does not center on a dead Savior, but a living Lord. Amen. 
Salvation is more than the forgiveness of sins. Christ's work of reconciliation is not an end in itself, but a means to an end. The restoring of spiritual life to a lost person. Amen? The whole gospel can be summed up in this statement. Jesus Christ laid down his life for you so that he could give his life to you so he could live his life through you. Amen? Salvation is receiving the life of Christ. This is what Jesus offers man. I have come that they may have life and they they may have it to the full, Jesus said. I tell you the truth, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not be condemned. He is crossed over from death to life. He described the process of receiving this new life in terms of being born in the Spirit. I tell you the truth, no one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to the Spirit. Let's read um, 1 Peter um, 1. 3 through 12. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is by his great mercy that we have been born again. Because God raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Now we live with great expectation and we have a priceless inheritance, an inheritance that is kept in heaven for you, pure and undefiled, beyond the reach of uh, change and decay. And through your faith, God is protecting you by his power until you receive this salvation, which is ready to be revealed on the last day for all to see. So be truly glad. There is wonderful joy ahead. Even though you must endure many trials for a little while, these trials will show that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold, though our faith is far more precious than mere gold. So when your faith remains strong through your many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on that day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. You love him even though you have never seen him. Though you do not see him now, you trust him and you rejoice in a glorious inexpressible joy. This this reward for trusting him will be the salvation of your souls. Amen. This salvation was something even the prophets wanted to know more about when they 
prophesies about the gracious salvation prepared for you. They wondered what time or situation the Spirit of Christ within them was talking about when he told them in advance about Christ's suffering and his great glory afterwards. They were told that their messages were not for themselves, but for you. And now this good news is being announced to you by those who preached in the power of the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. It is all so wonderful that even the angels are eagerly waiting these things to happen. Let's go to uh, Romans. Romans 10, 9 through 15. If you openly declare that Jesus Christ is Lord and believe in your hearts that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right by God and it is by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. And as the scriptures tell us, anyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced. Jew and Gentile are the same in this respect. They have the same Lord who generously gives to all of them who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they've never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? That is why the scriptures say, how beautiful are the feet of the messengers who bring the good news. And I want to stop right there. We are the messengers. We are the messengers to bring Jesus Christ to those that are lost in this world. They need to see Christ living in us. And I urge you sometime after the service or when you go home today make a list of six people whether they be family members your friends, co-workers, whatever those people that don't know the Lord. And you need to pray for those people. And somehow, somehow try and reach those people. But sincerely pray for those people on your list. That through you or someone else, they might receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Because we don't, we don't want anybody to be lost. Especially in this time. Times are short. The time is short. So we are the messengers. And how beautiful is the courage 
of the believer who shares Christ with a neighbor. Not being ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Not ashamed to let them know that you are a Christian and what you believe. We can't be embarrassed. We can't, we can't be ashamed to share the good news. And then how beautiful are the voices that fill the empty life with the word of God. Let's read John 14, 16 through 18. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you an advocate. He will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives in you now and later will be in you. No, I will not abandon you as orphans. I will come to you. See, what we need to realize is we have the Holy Spirit living in us. If you've given your life to Jesus Christ and you've truly done it, from your heart and confessed him as Lord and you have the Holy Spirit living in you. That Holy Spirit will give you the words to say to those who need to hear it. The Holy Spirit will help you and make a way for you. And the Holy Spirit lives in you and empowers you. Your body is the temple. When you lift up Jesus, there is power. And witnessing will stimulate your spiritual growth. It will lead you to pray and study God's word and encourage you to depend on Christ. Witnessing in power. And you know, even besides trying to share the gospel with them, is each one of us that have given our life to Jesus Christ, we have a testimony to share. We have a testimony to share what Christ has done in our lives. I know I'm not the same person I used to be before I gave my life to Christ. I'm not the same at all. And I know each one of you are not the same if you've given your life to Jesus Christ. So we all have a testimony to share as well as sharing the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because it's something personal that happened to each and every one of us when we accepted Christ. 
and we are to go out with that message. And the subject of witness bearing is in the power of the Holy Spirit. Let's read um, John 15, 26, 27 again. But I send you the advocate, the spirit of truth. He will come to you from the Father and will testify all about me. And you must also testify about me because you have been with me from the beginning of my ministry. Here we find what Christ said the Spirit would do when he came. Namely, he would testify of him. You know, when Peter stood up on the day of Pentecost and testified of what Christ had done, the Holy Spirit came down. And bore witness to that fact. And men were convicted by the hundreds and by thousands. So then man cannot preach effectively on his own. He must have the spirit of God in order to receive ability. And be able to study God's word. In order to testify accordingly to the mind of Christ. See it's the Holy Spirit that helps us understand what you're reading in this Bible. When you read his word, the Holy Spirit is helping you to understand that. And what we need to do is to preach Christ and present him to a perishing world. My friend, the gospel knows no geographical boundaries, no language or culture can hinder its power to save when it's faithfully proclaimed. It redeems people indifferent to God into passionate lovers of Jesus. That is the power of the good news that God reigns. You see, God reigns in the hearts of all those who repent and receive him as Lord. And all receive salvation in that same way. Through the blood of Jesus, making him no longer enemies of God, but co-heirs with Christ and temples of the Holy Spirit. But we are to share that good news with others. The time is short. The hour is now. The opportunity is today. For the good news is the only news. If it gets there on time. Because see, we're not guaranteed tomorrow. And some of these people that may be on your list, we don't know when they'll take their last breath. And I don't know about you, but I, I don't want to see none of them lost. And so, the main, the main thing of my sermon today is, is that we need to be the messengers 
and be able to share with people that desperately need to hear the word. Especially in this time that we, we're going through now with the world and the way things are going on. You all know, I don't need to tell you all the stuff that's going on in this world. It's not good. And it's getting worse. And so I urge you that when you go home, take a little time and, and just think about family members or think about some ones that you know that don't know the Lord and, and just write, it, write the names down and pray over that list. And uh, you'll see what difference it'll make. It'll make a difference in your life. Because sometimes I, I ask people, I say, well, how many people, how many people have you led to the Lord? Or when's the last time have you led somebody to the Lord? You know, let me ask that. <laughs> you know? Sometimes the answer is not too good. Or you ask yourself, well, you know, I, I never have. I've never really led nobody to the Lord, you know. But, you know, you can start now. You can start now, you know. And, uh, but you'll be surprised how, what a, a joyous occasion. I mean, all heaven is rejoicing uh, when that happens. And I, I know even in my own, I, I know the first time I led a person to the Lord, I just was <laughs> overwhelmed, overwhelmed. And, you know, sometimes I think about, and, and this is in closing, sometimes I think sometimes we need to go back to when we first received Christ. I remember when I received Christ. And man, I couldn't, I couldn't get enough Bible studies. I couldn't get enough. I, I couldn't get enough of the word. I was on fire for the Lord. Sometimes we just need to go back to that time. And we need to rekindle that fire. Amen? All right. And uh, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, I guess most everyone here is saved. Uh, 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 you know, I don't know. But, but I, I'm going to give you an opportunity. <laughs> okay? I'm going to start out by sin. Romans 3.28. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Death, Romans 6, 28. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And love, Romans 5, 8. For God demonstrates his own love towards us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Faith. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. For by grace you have been saved through faith and not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not as a result of works so that one may boast. And life. Romans 10, 9, 9, 10. If you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart a person believes, resulting in righteousness, and with the mouth he confesses, resulting in salvation. If you've never given your life to Jesus Christ before, I don't, I don't know none of you. You know, I'm glad to be here.
uh, today, but I don't, I don't know if you've really truly given your life to Jesus Christ. But I'm going to give you an opportunity right now. And you can pray this prayer along with me. Let's bow our heads take it to the Lord. Father God, I know that I'm a sinner. And I know that my sin separates me from you. And Father God, I know that you sent your son to die on a cross for me. And that he died and he was buried and he rose again. And I want you to take the steering wheel of my life and take it wherever you want it to go. I want to trust you as my Lord and Savior right now. I want you to come in and live in me. And I want a home in heaven. And I receive you now as my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name. Is anybody, anybody did that for the first time today? Okay. There's one thing you can't be ashamed of, and that's Jesus. You know? So, anyway... With that being said, um, all right.